The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to week two of the EU LCS Guess the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. Uh, it is a very exciting time in the European scene. There's been some pretty big news stories uh, that have come out today. Uh, we are recording on Tuesday, right after the Forgiven news has broken out. It has been a, 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 a series of interesting revelations, one after the other. Uh, but also all of the other many interesting storylines in Europe that we're going to talk about. And of course, when I say we, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, good friend and fellow contributor at Slingshot, Walter Ciedes Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. We have some juicy, juicy, juicy drama that we get to uh, get to discuss on this podcast that's timely, that I don't have to interrupt in the middle to break some news. And uh, it should be good. It's, now that we figured out this best of two formula, I think, I think we might be able to make some money here. Yeah, we uh, recapping what happened last week. Uh, for those of you who remember, we do our smart money bets at the end of every episode. Uh, we were correct that if we hedged our bets with the Vitality over Fnatic series and the Rocket over H2K series, we would win money. But the problem is, if you bet on both games of a best of two and they tie, the amount of money you make is surprisingly low. So we ended up only making $25 in Europe last week, which still, that's $25 free dollars you can have right now if you followed our bets on the podcast. But we're going to try to get think a little outside the box this time around. And you know who else is thinking outside the box? Origin. This Vitality versus Origin is the first series we're going to talk about today. And before we get into it and talk about our, our thoughts on, on Origin and how this series is going to go, we have to take a moment to recognize the quite likely retirement from League of Legends by Forgiven, a player who has obviously had a massive impact on the scene and has decided that after one week of playing on the team, his heart just isn't in it and he is going to move on to other things, at least for the time being. Walter, obviously there are a lot of strong opinions about Forgiven out there. We may or may not have had an entire hour-long conversation arguing with each other about our own views on Forgiven, but at the end of the day, when you look at his career and what he's accomplished, how are you going to remember him? He was incredibly he was an incredible regular season AD carry. He was arguably one of the best laners 
in League of Legends history, um, maybe only below, below Faker. The way that he manipulated his opponents and the minion waves to cause his opponent to make decisions about whether they were going to farm or whether they were going to take poke damage or, you know, all these things that he did in laning phase, the uh, strategies that his teams basically used around him were the always these fast pushing kind of strategies to take you to make use of his champion pool. Uh, at the end of the day, that's how I'm going to remember him. And the fact that he could just never put it together with his team in a playoff series, he never won a playoff series. And it'll come down to either the largest mismanagement of his talent or just perhaps one of the greatest misuses of talent of all time. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. He is certainly, as I said, a, a polarizing figure. Uh, he will go down as one of the best pure AD carries that we have ever seen in Europe. A guy who put incredible landing performances in week in and week out. Uh, a KDA that was just through the roof and did it on multiple different organizations uh, in multiple different kinds of team settings. He was also a guy who was never invited back for a second split on any of the teams he played for. And despite having a reputation for being an incredibly fiery, uber-competitive personality to the extent that he could potentially alienate uh, analysts, coaches, and players that he played for, he was never able to win a playoff series when it mattered most. And at the end of the day, he's going to go down as a guy that I will remember as God-given the terror of the league that had a look in his eyes when he went on stage of a guy that was just planning to eviscerate you. And I'm going to remember him as a guy that never put it together off the rift and never found a way to use his talents and work with the talented guys alongside him to make something work. And that's a shame at the end of the day. It's a player that a lot of people are going to remember for good reasons and, and bad reasons. And certainly I think that's what makes Forgiven a player unlike any other that we've seen in Europe. And you can't just replace that. There is not going to be a second Forgiven coming down the pipeline. But, you know, we had some amazing God-given moments, and those are going to last. Now, what's not going to last is Origin, if they keep playing the way they did last week, because Forgiven might have had a 6.0 KDA, but the rest of his team certainly did not. And Xpeke now having to come in as an AD carry this week doesn't seem like the thing that's going to fix Origin's issues. Walter... What happened to this team? How do they go from being the second best team in Europe to looking this bad this quickly? Well, the mid lanes are awful. Power of Evil is just a absolutely horrendous mid laner, I guess, in this meta. He just didn't show any type of success on any of the champions that he played. And the same thing with Xpeke. They just didn't look good in the mid lane. And it's weird. Xpeke feels like he should be the guy that should kind of fit into this meta with the champion choices, with the Vladimirs, with the Swains. That seems just like very up his alley being, you know, very tanky, very disruptive in the middle of team fights. But it, he didn't seem to play very well. Their pick band selection was just god awful. They need a real coach. And the players just didn't play well outside of the bot lane. And I thought Hybrid and Forgiven did okay. But 
Amazing played terribly. Soaz played mediocre. The Midlanders looked awful. It just it was not a good week for them from a strategic standpoint or from a play standpoint. And in all honesty, is it's very depressing because even though I sort of thought that this team might not go together, I was really hoping that it would be successful. That maybe putting you know the the fiery personality and desire to win a forgiven in with Soaz would sort of light a fire under his butt, and unfortunately, it didn't. Um, the one plus side that they may have is that Fiora does seem to be sneaking her way back into the meta. And I feel like Origin should be prioritizing Fiora, should be prioritizing Trundle, and using Amazing to get Soaz ahead so he can just split-push cheese. Like, that's all he should be doing. He should just be split-push cheesing until, uh, you know, until the cows come home at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think that you make a lot of very good points there. And I, I, I'm going to start with something that bothered me quite a bit when it came to Origin this week. Their strategy was just horrendous. Uh, why do you ever blind pick a Varus in this meta? That's something that I will never understand. I understand that it's a comfort champ for Power of Evil, but you're begging Perks to play an Assassin-style mid laner into it, and that's exactly what he did, and it destroyed them because there was nothing they could do to stop Perks from getting fed and being this monster that could single-handedly dominate the game. Even in game two, where it looked like Power of Evil was putting things together, and Soaz had some incredible fizz moments, Amazing was getting caught out of position time after time, Hybrid wasn't being the support that they had previously been able to rely upon, and their team fighting, just picking their shot selection, they would completely ignore things like the Lamb's Respite and walk into things like the Azir Wall and, and let... Tom Kench do Tom Kench things against them. It was really rough. You should not get that fed that early with a fizz against a Maokai and fall off in the late game the way that they did. That's just poor decision making. And when you're so out of it mentally that you're building an Athene's unholy grail on Oriana, that just tells me your head's not in the game, that you're not playing as a team and a focused style. And for the record, Xpeke was not any better. Uh, Amazing was not any better. Hybrid was not any better. None of these guys, except maybe Soaz, put together performances that were to the level that Origin's going to need to be if they're going to be anything close to the playoff team that they were last split. And now we've got Xpeke as an AD carry, I, I don't know how that's going to go. There's not really a lot of champions that translate well to that position. What can they do, Walter, against a team in Vitality who obviously had a up-and-down week of their own? What can Origin do to try to get the season back on track? Well, the good thing for Origin is that Vitality's bot lane has looked a little iffy themselves, the bad news is that Nuke Duck and Cabochard look like they haven't skipped a beat, and that's two of the players that you're having the biggest problems with on your team is Soaz and Power of Evil. So you really have to look at this series, and you have to decide what what's important. Are you going to just sacrifice this week because you're playing with Xpeke and just hope that you're able to pick up 
some challenger eighty carry, some sort of substitute eighty carry. Maybe Xpeke can go get his buddy Pushu, who was just talked about on on the Daily Dot on an article talking about players that retired before their times. Who knows? But they need to find an eighty carry someplace, and they really need to decide what their goal is for this weekend. For this week is do they just want to try and just win one game just try and cheese one game do some fiora cheese do some trundle cheese just try and get one victory per series or are they really going in and saying no we need all three points from each one of these games personally i think they should just try try to squeak by with a victory uh and hope that they can survive this week but i don't think it looks very good but this comes from prior to the forgiven news when i made my predictions i have origin at minus 160 okay you are way off on this okay. one i said vitality minus 150 it's vitality minus 164 i mean vitality won two games last week they looked like an actual team and origin didn't and whether forgiven was going to be on this team or not forgiven having the good games that he did did nothing to help that team succeed because the bot lane isn't how Origin is going to be able to win nowadays. They're going to have to win because Amazing and Power of Evil or Amazing and Soaz get enough of a lead to solo carry from those side lanes and get some roams down, get some split pushing down. That's their answer right now until Hybrid steps up, until they get an AD carry who you know they can rely upon in, in a different kind of way. But I don't see that happening. Not against Nuke Duck, not against Cabochard. This just seems like a terrible matchup for them in this opening game for them. But we're going to see. Maybe they'll turn things around. Certainly Origin fans are going to be hoping that things work out. Giants fans, on the other hand, probably don't have too high of hopes right now. They're going up against H2K. Is there anything that particularly surprised you about either of these teams last week, or did they both play about where we expected them to be? No, they're about they were pretty much exactly where I expected them. Um, H2K, I thought should have won against Rocket and Shulk, but both Rocket and Shulk were way better than I expected. So I don't think it was H2K playing poor. I think it was the other two teams reaching up to their level. And Giants, they were scrappy for a little while but other than that they just got rolled right on over so i have h2k at minus 350 yeah i i agree with you wholeheartedly it just is a rough place to be when maxlor is dying as often as it is sonestar is the worst import slot we've seen in a while and h2k you know against rocket i really do feel like you know rocket we got away with one because h2k were focused on the wrong objectives at the wrong time you said minus 350. I said minus 400. And I'm going to get it because it's minus 435, which is a little high for a team that did not manage to win a full series last week. But on the other hand, I wouldn't look at Giants plus 290 as a particularly attractive odd either. So I think we're just going to move on to Fnatic versus the Unicorns of Love. Walter, we saw two different versions of the Unicorns of Love this week. Which one do you believe is closest to the real Unicorns of Love we're going to be seeing moving forward? I think the real Unicorns of Love is actually somewhere in the middle of what we saw. The game against Shulk, 
move just looked absolutely horrendous. He couldn't get any type of pressure anywhere on the map. The same thing with Exile. He was just constantly being killed by Fox, which said more about Fox's growth than I think anything about Exile. And then they got to a weak Origin team that didn't look very good, and their players all played fairly well. Veritas played pretty well. Exile played pretty well. Move was definitely way more impactful than Amazing was. So they were able to kind of steal this one series from Origin um, just because Origin's players were slumping and Unicorns of Lost players were playing a little bit better than I expect them to be. So on the whole, I see them as being a very sort of middle-of-the-road team, but slightly below some of the other teams that we saw tie on week one. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Honestly, it's hard to imagine the Unicorns of Love playing as badly as they did against Shulk. It really looked like Move just felt uncomfortable on the stage in a way that he kind of shook off the jitters on day two. Exile, I still have question marks about because he looked really bad against a good mid laner in Fox and looking good against Power Vival and X Peke right now doesn't really tell me much. You can have a great game on LeBlanc if you're just better than the enemy mid laner. And right now, I, I, think, I don't think there are very many mid laners that are worse than what Origin's putting out there. But we'll see. This is going to be the week, I think, that tells us who Unicorns of Love really are. If Exile can handle his, himself, if Move can have some sort of consistency, and if Veritas can be a success without having to rely on some weirder picks like the Twitch that he brought out last week. Walter, where do you think the line is on this series? I have the line... At Fnatic minus 300. Okay. You and I split this one because I said minus 300 as well. And it is minus 333. Which I got to be honest here. I'm looking at Unicorns of Love plus 240 and I don't hate that line. You know, if we took it as a, you know, as a, we've kind of learned now, there is a natural advantage on blue side. When ties happened, four out of the five ties had both teams winning on blue side. Unicorns of Love plus 240 to win blue side is, is an interesting bet to me. Not so- I'm, I'm just not sure how, how close. Like, I'm not sure of how likely a tie is here because Fnatic did play much better than, than I think I expected, um, despite the fact that Yellow Star is still a hot mess. Yeah, that's uh, an issue that we'll get into when we talk about Fnatic's second series, but we're going to move on for now. Rocket versus G2. My Rocket boys, they pulled off two ties this week, one of which made me happy, one of which was kind of disappointing. It, it seems like they're a team that's fluctuating in identity right now, but they've got to go up against a G2 team that was, while still somewhat flawed in, in terms of you know, a little bit of lacking in execution towards the end of their game twos, did manage to pull off two victories last week. How does Rocket try to upset this G2 roster? Well, they need to figure out their early game issues, which after Spring Split, I never thought I'd say about Rocket. Spring Split, their problem was the late game and, and trying to be successful there. Airwalks just looks confused early on. He doesn't look like he knows what his pathing should be, where he should be going. Maybe the 
lack of priority on certain dragons throws them off. I'd have to go back and double check it, what their starting dragons were in their four games. Maybe the fact that you can see timers is making him skittish that he doesn't want to invade as much or he's afraid of getting invaded. I'm, I'm just not quite sure what's wrong with him because out of the entire team, he seems like the problem now. After they got rid of Freddy, after they figured out their bot lane, now he is their issue. Now he is the one that needs to figure out uh, what they're doing. To beat G2, they need to take advantage of G2's sort of egotistical plays. They had a lot of misplays against Origin and even against Giants that just weren't punished. Um, and they were mainly in Game 2s. They were after they secured the Game 1 victory, and then they, they played a lot looser. So Rocket's really going to have to punish that. And I just have to say, Swain might be the perfect champion for Betsy. Oh my like, god. After watching his rise all last split, Swain is the perfect champion for Betsy, and if a team lets him get Swain, you can start leaning heavily on Rocket in that in that instance. It made me so happy to watch his Swain. Swain's one of those champions that I've wanted to find its way back into the meta for a while. I, I don't know if that's a popular opinion, certainly, but I've always liked the champion quite a bit, and it's really fun to see Betsy just going ham with all, with all of the, the Nevermores and just hitting every single shot. It was a ton of fun to watch. Airwalks is not as much fun to watch as a Rocket fan, I'll be honest with you. It's one of those things where I feel like it was hidden last split because they had much more passive lanes. Freddy122 needed someone to be ganking his top lane because he wasn't a particularly strong top laner in and of himself. He didn't have a huge laning presence. So Airwalks being aggressive there made sense. But Parang can hold his own now. Parang is a very solid top laner. I'm not willing to go farther than solid yet, but he knows what he's doing. And Steelback certainly is a much better laner than either Tabs or Safir were last split. So I think he's just trying to force too much. And Rockat is going to win or lose based on whether he can avoid doing things like giving up eight deaths in a game against Splice, most of which came from trying to pincer them on the opposite side and forcing a play that didn't need to be there. But if he could hold back and they can do what they did against H2K in game one, reset the fight with Steelback and Betsy, they might be able to punish some of that overaggression you mentioned with G2. Where do you think the line is, Walter? For this one, I have G2 minus 250, but I feel like I'm a little too low. You are a little too low. You're giving my Rock App boys way too much credit. I got it exactly. I said G2 minus 400. It is minus 400. Unicorn is getting smart because they don't want people to make money anymore. Like, <laughs> so just, there's no, there's like no, there's no money in any of these lines. None. I mean, that is a job as, as a casino. It would be. There's a, no money here. It's, yeah, Rock App plus 275 on blue side. I'd almost consider it. Almost. But I, it's so hard to imagine G2, you know, for everything we said about them maybe being a little bit sloppy, when it comes to closing out a game, they find a way. And that's the thing about good teams find a way to win games even when they're losing. Bad teams find a way to lose games when they're winning. And that was the difference between G2 and Origin in their series last week. And it's something that I still trust G2 in that situation, even if I think they could have played a lot cleaner. But let's move on to Splice versus Schalke. Schalke, man, this is the most fascinating team to me. Neither you nor I had high hopes for this team. 
but they managed to go off this week. What took you aback with this, Walter? How did they catch us this off guard? I think it's just the improvement that Gilius had. Gilius looked phenomenal in their victories. He looked really, really strong. He looked very decisive in his plays and what he wanted to accomplish. Um, it, it honestly was just great. It was great to watch him. It was great to see this guy that I've had sort of a a little bit of a player crush on that is not very well received. So that and Fox. Fox is just continuing to get better and better, and, and I like it. And to be fair, I had I had Shulk at like seven. I still had them, you know, reasonably contending for the playoffs. So with the the kind of downswing that we see Origin might be having here and even the fact that H2K and Fnatic had moments where they were showed some mistakes and even G2 had moments where they showed some mistakes, they can very easily get into the playoffs. But let us not forget that Elements roster last split started out really strong too. Yeah, that's the big concern for me is what if this Unicorns of Love team just isn't very good? And that 2-0 victory that looked so impressive where Gilius went out and just destroyed that team on his Elise, maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe that's just taking advantage of a, a move as a jungler that has been very rusty and isn't a particularly strong jungler. But there are some things that we can really look at and say, there are significant changes. And the biggest one is Fox. Fox looked awesome this week. Uh, and even in a losing effort, the guy just seemed to have a command of the mid lane in a way that we necessarily haven't seen him do in previous stints. He seemed to have a very good sense of, you know, when to go in, when to make the trades, when to set up, you know, team fights for his team. I thought his victor in particular was just so much fun to watch. And... At the end of the day, that's something where if you have a guy like that, if he's going to play that consistently, then suddenly the fact that Mr. Rales and Steve are much more supportive players than they are hard carries of their own really makes a lot of sense. And I'll put it this way. I've never been a huge Gilius guy. That's been very clear on previous episodes of this podcast. But I loved his interview after Game 2 against H2K where he said, you know what, we messed up game one, but I really wish we had a third game. You know, I, I think we could, uh, we could have taken it. I love seeing that confidence that when he goes up against a guy like Yankos, a team in H2K who's just been such a force within the league for as long as they have, he genuinely believed they would have won that game three. And that to me says something about where they are as a team. I think that mentality does matter. But you know who else matters at this point? Splice. Splice is another team that you and I didn't think a lot of. And it definitely seemed like, you know, with Mikey, as we found out it was pronounced this week, we've been calling him Mixie, our bad. But good old Mikey here does seem to have come into a team that now has Cobby looking like a real AD carry and Trashy looking a lot better this week, especially when he gets hard-engaged junglers like Gragas. What do you think of them after this week? I, I kind of have him in the in sort of the same place that I have Rock at. I have him slightly above Unicorns of Love, um, and I have him slightly below Shulk. I think those four teams all kind of float in there, and Vitality is in there as well. Um, man, Kabe looks good. 
I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't think they were doing anything that was so different in laning phase or anything like that. But he looks a lot better. He looks a lot smarter as a player on some of these more utility style carries. Um, using the Lucian ultimate, playing Caitlyn, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It just seems he's playing safer. Even you know. Trashy is playing a lot better. He seems to have sort of come into his own, and he's staying on champions that I didn't think were really going to be, like, jungle picks. I didn't think we were going to see a lot of Gragas. I didn't think we were going to see a lot of Graves. I thought it was mainly going to stay Kindred, Nidalee, you know, Lee Sin, Rek'Sai, Elise, and then people are playing Graves. People are playing Gragas. So if you're good at those champions, play those champions. Um, But, yeah, the, the improvement that that Trashy and Kabe have has been phenomenal to watch. And even Wonderwear. Wonderwear looks good. And when he they were giving him so many resources last split and they weren't doing so well because of how sort of poor he was playing. Um, it's nice to see that he's playing a little bit better and they're sort of starting to wean him off some of those resources. Um, but for this series, I think Schalke is the better team. And I'm going to say it's Schalke at minus 180. Uh, that is going to be your point. You almost nailed it exactly there. I said minus 150 because I really like the way Splice played. I, I thought, you know, as you noted, they did move away from Wonder a bit. He had the third most gold uh, on his team behind Senkux and Kabi. So they finally are putting gold in the right places, and it did really seem to matter. But uh, it was minus 185, which I think is, again, astonishingly fair why are you doing this to us, Unicorn? We're trying to give smart money for the people. Splice plus 140 doesn't really do that. That's, uh, that's going to be a rough one. But we're on to day two now. Splice has a series against G2. This one probably isn't quite as friendly. Let's, let's talk about G2 because we just spent some time on Splice. What was your final impression taking all four games into account? Are they as deserving of all this praise and everything we've seen uh, over social media and other articles over the last couple of days? I mean, they're the best team in Europe. I think they they showed that they're actually the best team in Europe. They are the only team that went you know four and zero to start the start the split. The one thing that does concern me, and I brought it up earlier, was the fact that in game twos after they won game ones, their game ones were rather convincing. They were very strong game ones, but the games game twos even against Giants were just. There was a lot of mistakes the Giants just didn't punish them on. There were a lot of mistakes where it just seemed overly greedy. Let's not forget, Giants actually kind of started out with a lead in this game. It was very surprising. And when you look at the whole, when you look at the whole of Europe and you compare them to LPL and you compare them to the NALCS and you compare them to Korea, and unfortunately I just haven't watched any LMS so far, all of Europe looks so much weaker than these other regions. Just the mistakes that they're making. And even G2 are making some of these just fundamentally simple macro mistakes that don't make any sense for what you would expect from the number one team in, in Europe. And when you look at what they're going to be facing when they go to Worlds, the fact that they're not going to have a Pool A seed, that the number one and two European teams are both going to be in Pool B, you can't be making these kind of mistakes 
when you're going to be playing up against the number one seeds in other regions. You really need to fix these mistakes early and often. And the fact that every one of these teams are showing such fundamental mistakes is really worrying for the region. Yeah. Kelsey Moser did a brilliant piece saying, uh, your favorite European team sucks, but that's okay, which was on the score. And I highly recommend you go read that article if you haven't yet. And that's exactly what she pointed out. G2 mechanically played rather well, but it's these macro mistakes, these weird rotations and letting objectives go that really didn't need to be given up. You know, warding around Baron against Origin was was one of those that really surprised me. And some of these Giants kills that they just gave up because they didn't have vision and they didn't prioritize some of these things. It does strike me as a team that goes into these series believing that once they've done it once, they've proven that they're good enough and they can goof around a little bit and and have some fun and are just confident that they can close out a series. But when I think about the best team in a region, I want to see them shut the door on teams. I want to see them come out and really destroy some people. And Splice is one of those teams that looked pretty good last week. And if you have a 2-0 victory over Splice and you're convincing in both of those games... I think that matters going forward. I think that's the kind of victory that G2 should be able to wrap up and wrap it up cleanly. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I actually had the same line that I had for G2 versus Rocket. I have G2 minus 250. 250, yeah. You went too low again. I said G2 minus 400. It is G2 minus 435. Which I mostly find interesting because that implies that despite the fact that Rockat and Splice tied, Rockat would be favored by 35 points on our plus-minus scale over Splice. Well, technically against Splice last week, they were minus 149 odds. So, so I guess that's bringing it down a little bit. Yeah. But that's, that's fair, I guess. At this point, and I say this as a Rockat fan, I think Splice and Rockat are even. If Rockat uh, can't go two games without Airwalks dying eight times, I'm not. I don't think they deserve to be ahead of a Splice team that maybe has some inherent flaws, but at least all of them seem to be playing on the same page, and there isn't one guy that's costing them in that way. But let's talk about Rockat here. They're playing Vitality in the second series as we've. Talked about both of these teams already, so I don't want to go too much into it. But what do you think is going to be the biggest matchup that determines which one of these teams can maybe get away without having to finish a series in a tie, as they've both done in both of their series so far? To me, it really comes down to which team solo laners are able to exert the most influence on the game. Uh, I think that Steelback and Rays can, can match up very well against Police and costing. I actually think Steelback wins that matchup. I think Airwalks versus Mighty Bear at this point is kind of a draw. We don't know what's going to happen, but Nuke Duck and Cabo Shard can carry this Vitality team. They showed during last week that they can carry this team if they're put into, you know, situations where they can succeed. The same thing is said for Rocket, where Betsy and Parang, when they can get in situations where they're ahead and they can exert their influence, they can make their team succeed. This is very likely going to be a tie, and Rocket was the only team that in a tie picked up a win on red side, and that was against H2K, which I think is very curious 
because when you look at the picks and bans, they were able to trade Rise to H2K, get Echo and Kindred, and H2K had no priority on the Swain, which meant Swain could come back to Team Rocket. I think Swain and Vlad is something that not only Nuke Duck would play, but Cabochard could also play. We've seen that combination be paired together in Korea and even uh, in North America, I believe. So it'll be very interesting to see sort of the back and forth. But I could see that Swain being a very crucial band that Vitality has to make because Rocket has shown they are willing to trade certain power picks for other power picks. And I think Swain is one of these that they're willing to give up a Rise or a Kindred or an Echo to get the Swain in Betsy's hands because he was so good on that champion. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Obviously for Rocket, you need to recognize where your strengths are right now. And the strengths in that last week was... Betsy and Steelback. Steelback managed to win games on Jin, a champion who I don't even think is particularly good right now. Whether Vitality puts out Police or Rai, who they brought back uh, onto the team this past week, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. Steelback has the ability to hard carry against either one of those 80 carries. If they play it around that bot lane, and if they allow Betsy to roam and take advantage of that as well, the key for me is going to be can Mighty Bear pounce on some of Airwalks' biggest issues when it comes to roaming? When Airwalks gets caught out, because he has some predictable pathing and he's constantly going for these aggressive plays, a smart team can shut that down. And if Mighty Bear is able to match him point for point, if they get a two-on-two -two where you have Parang and Cabochard dueling it out with these junglers matching, I think Vitality wins that battle. I think that Vitality just in terms of the flexibility that they've demonstrated already in pick and ban, has an advantage there that means that if Rockat is going to prioritize things like a Swain for Betsy, they're going to have to give up some important picks for it. So certainly it's one of those series that I think can go either way. But Walter, where do you think the line is? I have the line. I have your, your boys favored at Rockat minus 160. Oh, man. I, I wish. You're too kind to us, and unfortunately, oh. it's going to cost you the week. Yeah. Because <laughs> Vitality <laughs> is favored. I actually had it exact and then changed it at the last minute. Uh, I had Vitality minus 220. It is actually Vitality minus 200. Which really comes down to Rocket was a team that people didn't really think a lot about heading into the regular season. It's... Whereas Vitality was seen to be a top five team. And I don't think ties against a splice team that might be better than we expect, and a Fnatic team that is still pretty good. And we're going to get to them right now. I don't think that should uh, take Vitality down a peg. But let's talk about that Fnatic team. Uh, they're playing H2K in the third game of day two. Obviously, uh, H2K is a team that has had some, you know, some ups and downs in terms of prioritizing the right objectives. But Fnatic managed to go 3-1 and one this week. Granted, two of those were against Giants, so it's still kind of up in the air as to how good they really are. When you go back and you look at the film for Fnatic, Walter, what was your biggest takeaway? Spirit's good. Yellowstar looks the exact same as he was on TSM. Constantly getting caught out of position. The reckless Yellowstar bot lane did not uh, turn reckless into Superman, as I alluded in my power rankings that was on the Week 1 podcast. That didn't happen. 
so man, I'm just I'm just not quite sure what's wrong with Yellow Star. I, I think the shot calling for Fnatic overall was better than it was in the spring. I think Gamsu has improved a little. He's a little bit more consistent. I think the the, the shot calling has been shifted off the shoulders of Fabivin so he can actually engage his opponent in the laning phase. Um, but just overall, I don't think Fnatic improved so much after just, you know, after four games in week one for me to consider them any, you know, any more of a contender for the number one spot, any more of a contender for a world spot, anything like that. I think they played about where I expected them to play. And the same thing goes for H2K. They played the, about where I expected them to play. Yeah, it's one of those things where the numbers look amazing for Fnatic, but when you're a team that we're talking about potentially being a top three team at the end of the split, your numbers should look great when you play Giants twice in a row. That's just the expectation at this point. And certainly I think Gamsu played much better than we'd seen in the past. I thought Spirit had an overall great series, but you're absolutely right that Yellow Star just... I, I think this is just who he is now. I think he's just a guy who has a good understanding of the macro side of the game, but who just gets way too much in people's faces. And there did seem to be a disconnect, especially in their series against Vitality, on when they were supposed to be engaging, when they were supposed to be backing off, that just needs to get ironed out. Now, I, I think that's something that they can iron out over time. But, you know, people who thought that Yellowstar was going to come in and just save everything, which is something that I saw a lot on, on social media, on, on Reddit, from you know some analysts that I, I have a lot of respect for. I think it's a matter of wanting him to be a player that he's just not at this point in his career. The mechanical side of the game has moved on from where Yellowstar seems to be in his play style. And that's going to happen when you've played the game for six years in a row on a competitive level, which is just downright insane. So I, I can hardly blame the guy for it, but it is something where they've got to start making up for it by being a lot cleaner in some of their calls when they play teams as talented as Vitality and teams that are as talented as this H2K team they're playing this week. So, Walter, all of that into account, where do you think the line is? I have H2K at minus 155. Oh, man. You, uh... You are off this week. I don't think gamblers are going to back off the Fnatic hype train quite yet. I had Fnatic minus 180. It is Fnatic minus 172. Fnatic shouldn't be favored. H2K I... couldn't beat Rocket 2-0. Why would they be favored? Oh, my God. I No, I disagree with that line. I'll go make money. That's fine. Yeah. Thanks. This is our chance right here. H2K Thanks. plus 130 looks like our one chance to finally get a... To get some value on some of these bets. I'll just pick H2K blue side. That's easy. Easy money. There you go. Let's easy money. Screw that, dude. That's terrible. That's a terrible line. I'm sorry. That's an awful line. These teams are really close. Like, they're close. I... But Yellow Star looked like garbage, and I still don't trust Gamsu. That's like, a thing that for me is, is, that, uh, is that Fnatic's strength matches H2K's strengths okay, but... Fnatic's weaknesses, if Reckless and Yellowstar do not figure it out, Freeze and Vander can absolutely bully those guys. I, I think that is a genuine concern for Fnatic. If they don't figure out a way to win that bot lane, H2K can easily spin some games out of control. 
I don't think it's as egregious just because of how high the lines were for Fnatic last week, but I, I understand where you're coming from, and that H2K plus 130 does look pretty nice. Uh, a game that doesn't look quite as nice, Giants versus Unicorns of Love. I don't really want to talk about this game because Giants haven't given us much to talk about, and Unicorns of Love still need to prove which version of this team they are. So where do you think the line is, Walter? Unicorns of Love minus 160. Okay, you get this one. I went way too high. I said Unicorns of Love minus 300. It's minus 213. Which, again... What? What made you think that it was that high? Unicorns of Love didn't do anything that was outstanding. I think Giants are terrible. I I think Unicorns of Love aren't much better. They're good enough to 2-0 Origin. And I think Origin's better than Giants. Origin's bad. They had a very bad week. But they also played G2. So two of those losses were against a team that we believe is the best in the league. Whereas Giants just got crushed. And it wasn't particularly close. And and granted, they had some tough opponents as well. But I don't know, man. I just don't think Giants is very good. So my bad. I went too high. If they lose to Unicorns of Love this week, let's not get surprised when all of their lines start getting in that range. I'm I'm maybe a week early on that is what it comes down to. But final game of the week, Schalke versus Origin. I'm so excited for this series, if only because this has got to be Origin's last chance to really prove that, that they're not going to you know, allow themselves to be rolled over by a team that looks to be pretty good. What does Schalke need to do to close this out? How does Schalke close the door on an Origin team that has as much experience and is going to need these wins, as many as they can grab this week. I mean, Schalke has to just be Mr. Consistent, and that was what they got in Fox, and they just added another consistent player across the roster. Gilius has to just outperform amazing. And that's what it comes down to. It Their bottom lane is going to be better than Peke and Hybrid. Just straight up going to be better. Mr. Rawls is easily going to win that lane. Steve can go even with Soaz and outside of Soaz trying to do some cheesy Fiora Trundle thing. And Fox, the way the way Fox and Power of Evil are playing right now, Fox, they need to not let him get Victor. If Origin lets Victor through to Fox, that is a huge, huge, huge mistake because Power of Evil has shown that he's not very good right now. And because of this, I had Shulk at minus 155, and I know I'm wrong. You are. This is the series in which Origin is favored still. It's Origin minus 130. I said Origin minus 150 because I just assumed that people were going to be slow to the Shulk bandwagon. So does this mean smart money bets, Walter? Should we just go... H2K over Fnatic on blue side. Yep. Uh, what about Shulk? I'm almost willing to take Shulk in both of those games. Against even Origins? Odd. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, par- I'd parlay those together. Okay. I'd straight up parlay, parlay so, those so together. So let's, sh- uh, let's parlay both of those. Let's do our, our, our fun maths here. Well, Walter, breaking news. It turns out in the time in which we were doing this podcast... Origins lines have been taken off the board entirely. So we can't parlay there. Sorry, guys. No more getting value on any of those origin bets we mentioned earlier. This has never happened before during a live broadcast of this podcast. 
I've just I've never seen it go down. That, that was literally the only game you could have made money off this week. I, I have to tell you, I hate this best of two format. As a gambler, this best of two format is absolutely horrendous. I think absolutely it's, horrendous. I think it's horrendous all around. I think if you're a fan, you know, there wasn't a single series in North America that went to three games in which I said, man, I wish this series had ended in a draw. It's not good for the players because then you have guys like Gilius who are saying, I really, really wish we'd gotten a shot here. And it's not good for the viewers because the best rated games were the ones that were game threes because it's a really fun storyline to see who's going to pull it out when these teams are so close. It's a terrible light. It's a terrible format. I, I, I understand that there are some people that like it because it means that you can kind of plan your day more easily. You know whether, you know, how many hours you're going to be devoting to the league. But I, I hate it. I, I think it's such a shame. But we do need to find two more smart money bets, Walter. Can I talk you into Rockat plus 150 over Vitality on blue side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you can talk me into that one. I think you can talk me into Rockat winning on blue side. We need th- one more. Think. I think maybe Splice over Shulka. On blue side, that was the one I was looking on. Yeah, I think I think that's our only other like value one, or or. So here's the thing: I think your I think your bet comes in this match. So you can either decide say that you think Shulk loses one game to Splice, and it's probably the side the game that Splice is uh, blue side, or you get plus one thirty seven odds on Shulk to owing Splice. So what are the odds right now on Splice? For Splice, it's plus 140. So you get... So, so basically, which do you think is more likely? And, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't think Schalke is someone that I feel comfortable enough saying is going to secure a 2-0 when the team they 2-0'd is a Unicorns of Love team that we're not sure is any good. I'd rather take enough. Splice plus 140 on blue side there. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that leaves us for our smart money bets, just to recap real quickly. Uh, H2K plus 130 on blue side over... Uh, wow, I wrote H2K plus 130 on blue side over H2K because I'm smart and not a moron. Anyway, uh, <laughs> three, two. So that leaves us, just to recap really quickly, with H2K plus 130 on blue side over Fnatic, Rockat plus 150 on blue side over Vitality, and Splice plus 140 on blue side over Shulk. And that leaves us at the end of a podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, you should definitely subscribe on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on the podcast section uh, of the iTunes. If you go search Rough Drafts there, you'll be able to subscribe, maybe even leave us a review. We always appreciate those. really helps with all the algorithms and it helps us get noticed. You can also follow the podcast at at roughdraftspod. We live tweet most of the European and North American games. We had a lot of fun interacting with you guys last week, so we highly recommend if you enjoy that kind of thing that you go do that. And if you want to just have a conversation with us about the episode you just listened to, you can go to facebook.com slash roughdraftspod where we will be, and we love talking to you guys over there as well. Of course, you can also follow our personal accounts. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at I Hate Best of Twos. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you can find me at C80s underscore LOL. I guarantee you I will be 
cursing whoever thought of best of twos as we try and come up with smart money bets because it's really hard to make money in Europe with ties. It's really hard. I hate best of two is sadly already taken, Walter. We'll have to come up with another uh, <laughs> another new tag for you. But Unfortunate. It is. But fortunately... Uh, you can find this podcast and so much other awesome content on SlingshotEsports.com. They've, uh, they've been really great to us. We've loved working with them. We've written some articles for them in the past, but there are so many great writers on that site if you want to read about League, Counter-Strike, Smash Bros., and any of the big esports. You could probably find something on there. And you should come back tomorrow where we're going to recap the Week 2 lines for North America. So until next time. Goodbye, Internet.